Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and back from the dead, it's Chris. I'm alive. <laughs> is, it, is it alive if you're averaging three hours of sleep a night? Uh, I'm somewhat alive. He's a living <laughs> dead, right? He's a living dead right now. Uh, and that third voice you guys hear is Coach. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> although now, uh, because the team is doing so well, the uh, administration at work has started referring to me as Rocket Man, so there's Ooh, that, too. I like that. I'm a Rocket Man. Burn up the field out here, alone! <laughs> Can we add that? Can can we have like a theme song for for coach? Oh Jesus! <laughs> here here we go. We've got Dave the Rocket Man coach. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Dave coach Rocket Man. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, well, welcome everyone. Each, it it is something. Each mm -hmm. week we gather around, just talk about a different topic in gaming, and just have a good time, laugh. But I have to share a story that's not gaming related real fast here just because it irked me so much. So all week I have been wanting some chicken wings, like, you know, lemon pepper or garlic or some kind of chicken wings. I've been craving them mm -hmm. to the point where I finally tried Uber Eats. Okay. 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 So what was your experience? Oh, there will be a story to this. So oh dear. I, I, I placed the order because I had gotten a coupon for like $30 off the first order. First off, oh, wow. that's, that's a load of crock because it gives oh. you $30 off the food, but then there's still the delivery fee and the service fee that, that $30 will not apply to, even if you try to order less food. Mm. Yep. So that's that. But gotcha. place the order at about 5.30 the other day. 6.30 hits. 7.30 hits. I'm starving. What the? 8.30 hits. What? Your, your order has been canceled. What? You dirty so-and-sos. Mm -hmm. So I, I just... I, I just end up eating something else that night, but I've still been, I've still been craving the wings. Uh, Jackie gets a gift card from a co-worker for uh, Instacart or Grubhub, one of the ones. I don't remember which one. I got you. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last night, we placed an order again. Give me 30 minutes. 45 minutes. 50 minutes. Your order's been canceled because there's no drivers available. Okay, so like, okay... Jackie goes back in, is able to place an order for pickup. And I don't know why, I now know why it's been canceled. It's because this place is terrible. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, first off, I... Where, I were you, where were you ordering from? It was a place called Wingbusters. It's a little local place around. That, at, okay. at, that had okay. great reviews. Although, I, I should have known something was wrong when there was a bunch of wing places listed on Uber Eats that were all the same address. They're going by different names for the same place. 
Oh wow! Oh, wow. oh so they're doing the uh, Chinese method of copyright avoidance. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, I go to pick up the food, and first off, they hand me the bat. They 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 don't have everything like sectioned off. They just mm-hmm. grab it when the person comes to pick it up from the different sections. They're pre-cooking everything. Okay. If these chicken wings are the most anemic things I have seen on the planet. And it's cold. Oh. And they forgot our fries. I had to go back in for the fries. That sucks. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 and Jackie's like, oh, they, they must have gave you the order for the ones that was the Instacart. Not the one that you know we had actually ordered to go inside an order. So you know, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, no, Jackie, you don't understand. They don't separate our orders. Everything's just sitting there. So yeah, I, I, I got a new new wing joint, man. That sounds yeah. like a terrible place. Oh, you probably would have had better luck from Pizza Hut or something. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah, would have been warm. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was, even if I had gotten the wings warm, because I I brought them home, I microwaved them to make them warm again. Mm-hmm. Now that sucks. My lemon pepper wings were pretty much inedible because to call it a chicken Brutal. wing wouldn't be accurate. A salt lick would be more accurate. <laughs> it was wow. the saltiest thing I have ever tasted. I used to make death corn when I used to go to the movie theater. You know, before in the before times, I would just drown it in butter and salt until it made you pucker in the mouth from how much salt. This was too much salt. It was disgusting. It was the saltiest thing I've ever eaten. I was ate a big bowl of salt. <laughs> wow. It salt. It was saltier than when Democrats lost Trump. Ooh, Ooh that, that's some salt. <laughs> that is some salt. <laughs> So I I have gotten wings now, but I still have not had my fix of actual wings and not you know how salt licks. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry, wow. I just I just had to get that off my chest because it was like, oh. Well, I mean, wings are one of the main food groups for uh, gaming culture. You know, there <laughs> with uh, Doritos being second and Mountain Dew being the top, of course. Yeah. Where where's ramen in that hierarchy? What? <laughs> Where's ramen, ramen in that hierarchy? Uh, ramen's got to be in there too. It depends. Uh, Is this uh, are are you in Asia or are you in America? <laughs> the uh, two just flop. <laughs> 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 they just switch places. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it can be a challenge to get good wings, though, right? Because um, mm-hmm. you don't want just like like decent wings right mm-hmm. right i'm not like i don't, don't want to just like like some wing street or like pizza hut wings like i want like mm-hmm. unfortunately like most of my go-to's to go get wings would be like bars right because for whatever reason mm-hmm. they they do a good job mm-hmm. yes they do yes, but, they but in the age of uh uh of covid right mm-hmm. um we are no longer in the before times mm-hmm. i like that by the way i'm gonna keep saying that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, PC has taken on a whole new meaning. I just remembered that like one of the best places here uh, in town actually to get wings was uh, 
shenanigans actually oh and, good yeah and then yeah. Uh, now rest it's in been, peace yep now it's been turned into a bar and nail salon hybrid which that place I has have... been so many dang things since last since i saw it was died. a gastropub yeah uh, that, that place died yeah that went place up in died. flames yeah <laughs> literally or figuratively but, uh, figuratively figuratively okay. But apparently I've also learned, though, that because of this uh, salon part of this nail bar, nail salon bar, that uh, that some like uh, people that like some of my mom's friends, you know, of course, are, you know, are into cosmetics, things like that and actually work in that industry. So uh, unfortunately, uh, or unfortunately, your missus dodged this bullet completely, Chris. Um, oh, yeah. but they have revealed that apparently the uh, nail salon and bar is actually a front for a swingers club. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow! Whoa! That that's, that's stuff. Wow! <laughs> you see, I thought you were about to right say it was a front for drugs, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, you can eat pasta and then walk next door and then. Yay! <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna take I... home leftovers and hepatitis. <laughs> yes. I, I'm gonna bite my tongue because any jokes I'm about to make are not appropriate for this podcast. I'm pretty sure the ones I just said are not appropriate. You're going to fill with, like, video game noises, like, you know, the Pac-Man dying sound effect or something. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. It's funny because it's specific enough that it, it has to be real. I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> That, that is impressive. The only question I have for you, Dave, is how did the heck did you find this out? From there has to be a story to this. I mean, okay, he's not just a spokesperson; he's a client. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna get in on that. Yes, I would like to join your swingers, uh, sir. It looks like you. Uh... You look like if the Kool-Aid man were to make a wish with the blue fairy to become a real boy. We're not letting you in here, you know. No, um, but as I said, um, or at least I thought I said, <laughs> I found out from my mom, who goes to church with, uh, like, a cosmetologist, and she has her own place, but she goes and scopes out the other places, and then went to this place at like a party night and it was like a $500 like entrance fee. And then apparently there was like a back room situation. And then she's just like, okay. Oh, what's in the back room situation. And finally, like one of the regulars, like that part's not for you. That's the swingers club. <laughs> a $500 fee includes the keys to someone else's house. <laughs> I'm gonna really do it like that episode of CSI where each of them wore locks around their necks and all the guys had keys, the women had locks and they were all mixed up and crap and you had to go around, oh my lock goes to the pretty Latina woman, yay 
you know, stuff like that. CSI introduced me to a world of weirdness that I never really truly imagined. Yeah, I'm still scarred for life from the the furry episode of oh, CSI. Oh, the furry episode. Oh my god. Oh. I, oh, I was a young, impressionable the... young man, and uh, I did not know that existed prior to that. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. The furry community was offended, and they're like, "Yiff piles are not a things." Furry costumes are expensive. How dare you think we would ruin it with protein-based bodily fluids? And I'm just like, dude, um, that's almost a self-burn by the way how you had to put that. But <laughs> besides the point, okay. <laughs> there was a, a while back, MSNBC, one of their morning shows, I forget what it's called, uh, was doing a new segment about there was a fire in a building where there was a furry convention. Oh, and geez. one of the hosts didn't know what a furry was. And they explained it to her <laughs> why they were off camera with the, uh, <laughs> with the video. <laughs> I might post the link to that in the, uh, in the description below. Find that clip. I want to see it. <laughs> oh, man. She got so freaked out. She literally ran off set. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, be worth oh. watching just to see her reaction. Oh, fantastic! Especially when the the people being interviewed is like, "Yeah, we just gathered together for warmth because they had to go out in the cold." Oh my Jesus! Oh, oh yeah. But enough <laughs> about Salt Lake swingers and furries. Let's talk about <laughs> video games. <laughs> Great. Great transition there. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a list with the government now. Oh, boy. Gotcha. Just add, need to add the anarchist cookbook and we're there. <laughs> okay. We've got the alt-right folks on the right. We've got the crazy left-wing nut jobs on the left. And then we got Syrup Shots Gaming. And oh, good God, this Venn diagram, we don't know where to put them on. <laughs> Uh, just uh, uh, screw it. We'll we'll put a trash can next to the filing cabinet. We'll put that them in that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh gaming, <laughs> gaming. What have you guys been playing? Uh well, I am still uh playing Yakuza Zero. I am really enjoying it. I think according to because i have been using a guide for some of the side quests it's just kind of some of them i'm like what do i do now and i found out there's 17 chapters in the game i'm on chapter 10 and i think i've realized now that a lot of the game seems to be kind of front loaded in that you can do a lot of stuff like right usually about like chapter five you can start doing like a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. okay but but the story missions then seem to be you know picking up the pace a lot quicker uh in around like i noticed like oh chapter eight went pretty quickly wow chapter nine was like a half hour you know and uh now i'm on chapter 10 and i'm trying to slow things down and do some other stuff Uh, I'm, i'm still loving it uh i uh unfortunately folks will miss some of the talk that we had in the the uh, forbidden lost episode of syrup shots gaming that uh, i'm trying to remember 
what I had it to do. It was forbidden. It was forbidden. Uh, but uh, I have a wacky pervert man who runs around in his tidy whities as a more appropriately dressed doppelganger in the other main character's uh, campaign story mode. And he has now gotten to the point where he is so good at imagining women to be this level of perfection that real women will no longer turn him on. And I'm just like, first world problems? Question mark? And so now I've got to find him the girl of his dreams. And I also apparently made friends with the guy who owns the local porn theater with the porn booths. And he became impotent. Apparently side missions involving male impotence is, you know, really up there with, you know, the topics that need to be discussed. But he apparently talks of a legendary smut videotape that had been given to you by a mysterious woman in a white dress. And it's supposedly legendary enough that it could cure his impotence because he has to view all material that he's selling at his uh, smut viewing uh, pay-per-view, you know, uh, booth factory situation. The Pornatorium. The Pornatorium, very cool. Tyler again with the uh, made-up vocabulary on the spot again. Uh, So at the Pornatorium, he has to watch everything, but because (laughs) of that, he is now, he can't get aroused by anything. So he asked me to find this legendary tape and the person who... Literally, the quest for booty. The quest for booty, yes. Only the videotape then you discover is actually a giant reference, an inside tongue-in-cheek joke to the Ring movies. And so you are given a unmarked tape by a creepy ghost girl dressed in white, who I'll admit is pretty, but is also like skin is like milk white, you know, is really also it's like, oh, you're attractive, but ah, you're gross. And then the legendary tape is filled with just a bunch of weirdness and nonsense like the Ring movies. But then the guy realizes that he was so excited to view this legendary smut that has cured him of his impotence. All right. <laughs> We're going to go with that. Uh, uh, congratulations, dude. <laughs> See, I, I feel like the, game that game could have... so Japanese. Yeah. I feel like this game could have gone a totally different direction to make it really funny, where... You know, he's watched all this porn, you know, everything out into the sun. The one video he's never seen, the one thing he's never seen, a healthy relationship between two sexual consenting partners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that would be a good one. Uh, what else? Like, um, there has been other stuff I've, I've accomplished in that game, but the plot, the main plot is starting to get really good and as i said before um these games especially like crime dramas and stuff like that you know i have a hard time having it maintain my interest because you know usually you're being a absolutely terrible person doing absolutely terrible things and it just but this is a mystery and it's two and that is what is intriguing me and one of the other things I would say is even though the main characters are bad guys, they still have like a code of honor. It's kind of like Wreck-It Ralph. We might be bad guys, but we're not bad guys, you know? <laughs> so like uh, 
they don't really they don't you know they don't try and kill anybody or anything at all uh they'll always try and use uh their fists or other blunt object rather than like you know a knife or a gun you can use those but it's not like anybody dies in the game they just get it's like batman you just i won't kill you but i will break every single bone in your body and make you wish you were dead but i'm not gonna kill you and so and then also one of the big plot points in the game with one of the lead characters he is literally sent uh, on a hit mission and when he finds out it's a blind girl he's supposed to do the hit on he just he can't do it he's just he he tries to he's like eventually it's just like nope this ain't me i cannot do this and you end up being her rescuer and so i'm i'm really excited to see where that goes well it it sounds like it's got some a good blend of like serious story points Mm. with uh, a side of ridiculousness oh you so desire it so you never get like bogged down by the main storyline it sounds like Mm -hmm. a good balance actually and even then the mystery aspect is what's getting me the most where with some crime dramas, yeah, you might get a mystery. Um, I guess Sometimes. that's why I was a- yeah, but I guess that's why I was able to play L.A. Noir with uh, no problems because you literally were solving mysteries. Sure. But then you know, like Grand Theft Autos and stuff like that, where you just you know, it- it's just you know the bad business of being a terrible person. It's just that's the stuff that gets me. It's just like ah, why. <laughs> But I've been really enjoying this, and uh, with spring break for uh, me this week, I plan to partake uh, and hopefully finish it, but I've got lots of projects I need to do for spring break, so fingers crossed. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, I recently had a kiddo, like, mm-hmm. a month ago, so <laughs> I haven't been doing a whole lot of gaming. But I have been trying to squeeze it in here and there. I've been uh, I went back to some comfort food. I've been playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I have mm-hmm. totally played for over three hundred hours. Um, yes, I've done the uh, Blue Lions and the um, uh, oh gosh, the Golden Deer Run, and I'm on the Black Eagles Run right now, which. I actually don't remember where in the heck I left off in the storyline, but I'm gonna figure it out. It's mm-hmm. okay. So I know it's oh, sorry. I, I, I know it's still early because my characters are all really low level, but yeah, I'll figure it out. Well, I was also saying, didn't you also say you played the DLC with the hidden? Yeah, actually, that's how I figured out I that why the time clock variants. So I was really confused why the Switch was telling me that I had played this game for like 311 hours. And then I went and loaded into Fire Emblem and saw, I was like, oh, well, you know, I've basically just been using the same time uh, save slot for the most part for my saves, right? I've got like one main one and then I have some side ones that I do if I think like I want to go try something and then I'll jump back if I need to. Anyways, um, long story short the DLC is a different save slot. So that's why there's the variance between the two. So mystery solved. I still played this game for a ridiculously long Mm -hmm. time. Um, If you are a fan, listener, of uh, a tactical JRPG, Fire Emblem Three Houses is one of the best I've ever played. It is phenomenal. You have... um, 
great characters, great story. You have choices that you make um, that have large impact. Um, you certainly can play in, uh, you know, the, the casual mode where your characters don't die, but there's no fun in that. You want hey, your hey. characters to die. You want them to mm -hmm. die because if they... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. You no, want no, there no, to be no. a consequence for your mistakes, and it makes you play differently. Give it a try. I'm not saying that you're going to like it. Um, there, there's the casual mode if uh, if you want it to just kind of like see the story and not like, you know, just like enjoy the, the game, right? But um, there, there is an extra layer, and I, I love that, that, that they let you still play this game in a classic mode, uh, especially in, um, you know, in the times that we live in, right? Where, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of those classic games or modes from you know of yesteryear really don't exist anymore mm -hmm. so. no i'm not saying i just have uh, horror nightmares from uh trying to play the uh first north american release of fire emblem the one with and, uh lynn and uh, hector yes and losing uh like one or two uh units i had grown attached to and eventually just being like nope you know and, and noped out of that so but casual mode for me was a great uh, compromise uh, in that, you know, you don't lose your units if they fall in battle. I guess the only thing, though, that may have hurt that a little bit is that they did add some DLCs, which made it ridiculously easy to level up your uh, characters in, like, in Fire Emblem Awakening, especially. So it got to the point where it's like, well, why bother having casual mode? And then... I, I, the one thing I th did find ridiculous, though, was Phoenix Mode from uh, Fire Emblem Fates. Wasn't that one where they, yeah, they'll, they'll leave combat, but then come back after, like, three turns or something? Oh, that's... That's... That's baby mode. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it is baby mode. I Let me double-check that here real quick, but I think that's what it was. But uh, continue no. uh, with... Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Well, Chris, I was going to ask you because I know you love Fire Emblem now. You're a Fire, uh -huh. Fire Emblemer, but you also love Persona. Did you ever play uh, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE? I have not actually. That that's been on my radar because um, I do love both uh, Fire Emblem and Persona. So mm -hmm. I, I probably would totally dig that game. Yeah, that's one okay. I've been meaning to play at some point too. Just. Same, same. I have, I bought it for the Wii U initially, and then just it never got around to it. And then they came out with the new edition, which had added material. And it's like, well, why wouldn't I buy that one to play that? So, no, it looks like uh, Phoenix Mode was only for Fire Emblem Fates, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything else with Fire Emblem, Chris? Uh, the only thing is, uh, we were talking about Fire Emblem and Persona, and one of the best things about both those games is you you get to play Matchmaker. <laughs> do, do you mean you get to date your students or your teacher Ooh. if you're playing Persona 5? Oh, hot for teacher. <laughs> Doctor or, oh gosh, the game's so weird. Well, it's uh, amazing, but it's so weird. No, wait, which one are you talking about? Because... I know for a fact, because I've played uh, Three Houses, you are their teacher, you are their professor. 
Oh, I know, I know. Well, I mean, there's that. Um, in, in Fire Emblem Three Houses, you can date one of your students. Yes, mm. basically. Um, I mean, you pretty much what happens. Uh, and then, um, in in Persona, you can also date one of your teachers. So that's what the parallel I was drawing from. Yep. <laughs> You you date her long oh, enough yeah. until she's willing to do your laundry for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, which which did you prefer? I imagine since you've played it multiple times, male Byleth or female Byleth? Which is more appropriate? Would you say? I actually, um, I think I like female Byleth more. So I played my first run. Uh, my Golden Deer run was with male Byleth, and then ever since. On my second run, when I did my Blue Lions run, um, I did I switched to uh, female, and um, I've never looked back. You actually get, I think, and don't quote me on this, I think there's more relationship options if you're female Byleth. I think it depends on which run you do. Yeah, that might be right. Um, also, you have now completed... Two runs, it sounds like. A four. Well, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do the uh, <laughs> spoilers, but I'm not going to do the church run. I, I, I want to do the. Uh, I want to do the actual like Black Eagles run spoilers, mild spoilers, I suppose. I won't so... go into more detail about what that actually means, but. Okay, I, I had I had to look something up because you know if we were talking, I'm like, I'm beginning to notice a pattern here in a lot of anime. So I was just like, relationships between teachers and students in Japan, you know. So I don't know what it is. It, it, it's still very much you know illegal, <laughs> but at the same oh, time, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, is it just like a crazy Japanese? fetish that they i mean i'm not gonna kink shame but you know as the teacher that is really weird <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah i know that um it's a, a common trope in like japanese anime for mm -hmm. the, the hero to be uh like a high schooler age mm -hmm. it's really uncommon to have older characters as like the main hero mm -hmm. yeah so, like, you know, to bring it back to video games, that's part of the reasons why I think it would have been really out of the norm for, like, a, like Ghost of Tsushima to actually have been made by, like, a Japanese developer, mm -hmm. which is, I don't know. It's it's awesome, in, in mm -hmm. a way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are now actually uh, um, ambassadors to, mm -hmm. uh, official ambassadors to the island of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. No, they did such a good job with that game. <laughs> that that is a game I'm gonna have to pick up at some point, especially since I've heard the the braids are actually a lot of fun to do multiplayer with. I yeah, haven't even I tried multiplayer yet. Look, we I should do try. that sometime. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I know that Phil has played um, the raids. I, I just had so much fun with the single player stuff that mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm 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 gonna platinum this. Mm -hmm. I love this thing. Tyler, well, have you been playing anything new uh, this past uh, week? Or? 
Yeah, two different things. Uh, the first one is after uh, Pyramithra came out, I decided to pick up Xenoblade Chronicles 2 again. Like, start with a oh. fresh run. And I forgot how fun that game is. That oh, is... yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the combat system, at first you're like, it's... You're not really attacking, but it's all about positioning and timing and... There's something I completely missed the first time through, which is canceling attacks. You yeah, that becomes pretty huge later. Yeah. Uh, that can save you or, or, you know, sentence you to death. It really can. Um, yeah. So, Dave, what a canceling attack is essentially is when your character does its auto attacks, mm-hmm. if you time uh, using one of your special attacks at the exact moment they're executing on one of their senior attacks, it cancels into the special attack, and the special attack is uh, juiced up from it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I played through Xenoblade Chronicles 1, and I, I know about the auto-attacking uh, system, but yeah, that definitely was not a part of uh, yeah. Xenoblade so, Chronicles 1 system. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2's battle system is um, it's almost rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll really kind of get into a swing of things. Um, which is uh, kind of insane because it gets pretty complex the further and further that you get, because um, like you get to like switch out your um, like companion um, characters kind of on the fly. Yeah. You have all these different move sets that do different things. For example, you know you you've got a lot of like what Tyler was saying about positioning. You know you have some attacks that do way more damage in the rear, some that do more damage on the side, and some. On rare occasion, there aren't too many. Um, you pretty much have to have like a like a tank type. Um, I forget what that they call them, the spirit or sword or whatever blade. They're called blades, blades. right? Yeah. That um that do more damage um to the front. Either that or Poppy. Mm. Poppy, I think, is a uh, she's your best tank for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> um. The the one the systems. No bonds. Mm-hmm. One of the systems I really like is. Uh, you have a meter essentially to for each of your characters that builds up, but they kind of combo off each other. So, say you're Rex with Pyra, build up mm. your meter and you get a level one attack. Uh, Burning Sword, I think is the first. Okay, mm-hmm. it then opens up a tree where you can either do a water or a different elemental type attack. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but that has to be a level two, and then it will be even stronger and you have to do it within X amount of time. And then okay. once you do that one, you can do a level three. So it's about, you know, and you don't have to necessarily be doing the, the elemental yourself. You can tell your partners when to do yeah. their elemental attack. So part of the strategy game comes into not only uh, which party members, but what blades each party members have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when do you use your special? Because if you use your one right when it builds up, it may not give enough time for your uh, companions to build up their level twos. Sometimes it's worthwhile just to sure. right before you hit level one, uh, two on your first one, that's when you use it. That way their level two is almost ready and gives you enough time to kind of build up towards that level. Interesting. Yeah. And there's more. I... <laughs> oh, yeah. actually is. <laughs> oh, wow. You, uh, yeah, uh, level threes also do, um, like, they basically do, like, an elemental factor on the enemy. So, mm-hmm. um, the, 
they want to encourage you not to keep doing the same things over and over again. So like, let's say you do like a level three water attack on them. They want to, they're going to encourage you to um, do other level three elemental attacks to them. And mm -hmm. then I think get like three or four, you actually get a special attack. Yep. Um, uh, a, a team really up cool. style attack. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But so that sounds really complex. It sounds really scary and frightening. But the game, the game is very long, and it builds up to it. So yeah, don't, you're not don't just worry. like thrown into this. It's like what video too. game donkey said. You're 20 <laughs> hours in the game, and you're still getting tutorials. Yep. Yep. No, I'm just. I remember I thinking, actually. Uh, we might need uh, to change the subject of mechanics of games before our audience falls asleep. Uh, what are they yeah. <laughs> what? Just a quick aside uh, along and the lines of, of the donkey comment. You get, a, you get the fire spell. <laughs> but I remember being 80 hours into that game and like cursing at my TV screen when I got yet another tutorial message. <laughs> Nice. I mean, after the fact, I was like, okay, I'll admit, this new ability is pretty dope. But, come on. Really? <laughs> uh, wow. So, the other game I've been playing, which segues into our main topic of this week, is Monster Hunter Rise. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, uh, I didn't know that Capcom employed wizards and warlocks. Oh, yeah, because how they got this game running on the Nintendo Switch when it plays just as well as like the base Xbox One's version of Monster Hunter World. It is apparently. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently this RE engine is super scalable and that's what they're using. Yeah, and it is mind blowingly impressive. Um, oh, I know, I know. People are excited. Uh, while I was amiibo hunting yesterday, though, people were lining up outside of, outside of GameStop, and I was just like, "Oh, great! We're lining up for amiibos, and I didn't get to pre-order them." Nope, everyone was there for Monster Hunter, and I'm like, "Can I get the uh, Terry Bogart am amiibo, please?" <laughs> I haven't been able to find the Terry one yet. I want so much. Uh, um, I think they may have short packed that one. <laughs> yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise then, Tyler? Uh, chef guess. Just it, I haven't gotten to play much yet, but what I've gotten to play, it's a more mobile Monster Hunter world, and I'm not just talking about portability. I'm talking about your character wall runs has the wire bugs where you can jump around. Yeah, it's uh, all like the, the little like hook shot thing mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. can do. Yeah, the, the wire uh, well, bug, I think, is what they call it, yeah. right? Yeah. So the wire bugs are integrated into every aspect. The wire bugs okay. let you do jump up. Wire bugs will let you recover from a fall if you've got enough wire bug charged up. So you get knocked back, but instead of landing on your butt, you can quickly just bounce back up and get right back into it. Nice. Uh, and they will also uh, amplify your attacks. You'll have special wire bug attacks where you use it to essentially catapult you or different styles. Uh, Very cool. And uh, what was I going to say? The game is just fantastic thus far. Another cool thing I have found out that I will get access to later on that Monster Hunter World did not have. You can change your attack loadouts. 
Oh. Yeah. That'll be that'll be nice. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you could be using longsword. Normally, you know, Y will do one thing, A will do another thing, uh, ZLY will do one thing, but you can assign a different ZLY, so you can really customize your character to your playstyle. Very um, nice. But the reason I, I, I want to make this kind of the main topic of tonight is I got a text message from my buddy uh, James earlier today. James has been on the podcast in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see if I can read it again first. Um, uh, he asked me, you're playing Monster Hunter Rise, correct? And I said, yeah. That's a game that works better in co-op, right? And then he asked me, when do I play? So I've asked him, you know, are you contemplating getting it? He's like, not yet, but I've been eyeing it. So... What I want to talk to you guys about tonight, we all three got into our world that came out there. Mm -hmm. What makes Monster Hunter so good? What about it draws you in that we can share with James and go, this is why you need to play Monster Hunter. Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you guys can guess what mine is. Oh, we know what yours is. <laughs> it, it, it feeds your addiction. <laughs> Give me that loot. Give me that loot. <laughs> But one thing I do like about this loot system versus other ones like Destiny is mm -hmm. you actually feel like you're making progress even if you don't get the loot drop that you're wanting because it doesn't just drop armor or a weapon. It drops mm -hmm. materials that are using for crafting. So you mm -hmm. know what you need to hunt to get a specific thing. It's not a completely mm -hmm. random drop. And I love that concept of, okay, I want to get this armor set. I have to hunt this monster. Uh, this particular piece, I need to break it. Or this particular piece, I need to cut the tail off. Or... Mm -hmm. yeah, cut the it's, tail. It you, want, you need horns. Yeah. You need to attack their actual like horns on their head. Yeah, yep. I know. It actually makes, teeth, it makes sense. It in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it makes it a puzzle mm -hmm. to kind of figure out how mm -hmm. to eat all the pieces that you need. So that's one of the big things that really draws me in is the loot system. How cool you look in all those armors, and uh, just how all the little intricate systems work together. How the loot does give you really cool special abilities. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I think we might have issue with is, you know, we got interested in it with Monster Hunter World, which I have read added so many quality of life improvements that like some of the uh, people have been playing since the first game on the PS2 is like, you're not real Monster Hunter fans. Uh, I've got like 280 hours in world now. I, I think I've earned my fan card. Uh, for me, though, it is just seeing some of the, it's the monsters themselves. They are the star of the show. And, you know, me being the artist and stuff like that, it's just kind of so crazy to see some of the things they will come up with. And that's why I've liked actually liked to look back at the older games to see some of the creatures that couldn't make it to Monster Hunter World. Uh, like they were saying that with World, you know, they had specific skeletons that they, you know, kind of had to use and reuse which they built the other monsters, you know, and their animations off of, but it didn't allow us to get maybe some of the really crazy monsters, though. Right. So, so there were just some things that's just like, and like even some of them were even things like uh, that were in the, uh, like the 
the the alpha version of the game when they were testing things. But uh, like I've looked back now and like discovered like the uh, the Leviathan type of uh, monsters, which are like the large undersea variations. So we've got like you know the Legiacris and stuff like that. And I'm just like that is just so cool and they they move so beautifully and then like the sound design for them is amazing as well <laughs> there's only been one monster that is just like i don't think it sounds like that but uh, all the <laughs> others it's just like you feel like they're tangibly they could be real and uh but the, the wow. only one yeah, <laughs> the only one that took me out of my sense of reality with the, was the bay of Totus, and i'm like you sound like a go-kart backfiring, dude. <laughs> you know? But okay. even then, it's just like, you know, this giant kind of sharky-like fish monster that uses its, you know, nose fin to, you know, dig through, like, really uh, steep banks of snow. And it, that was also another thing I thought was really cool. It's just like, some of the monsters are a bit fantastical, but they still try and ground them in a semblance of reality. So, like, uh, in Iceborne, they introduced Velkana, and um, he generates ice because his body produces, like, uh, freezing chemicals that he can then, you know, like, secrete from his skin to make that ice armor. Oh, good. Video game science. Exactly. And I'm just like, it's just, it's better of an explanation to me than just Cause magic, you know, and I like that. <laughs> I mean, on a real note, they are trying really hard to ground these characters. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, the monsters are like characters. Mm -hmm. You know, in a in a world, right? They make sense in the world that they reside in, yeah. and all of the crafting materials that you get, like you're, a lot of them are like you know, real life plants and fauna that actually mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. actually exist in the world, or and have um, like a, a comparable. Uh, doppelganger in the real world sure and i yeah. mean yeah there's a map that you know once you've kind of like done enough expeditions for the area like you could figure out where stuff is just by looking at your map but a lot of the stuff exists in places that you think it would exist right yeah oh, okay yeah. yeah you know this mm -hmm. is a plant that probably would grow in like a swamp oh okay mm -hmm. right yep. mm -hmm. you know here there's a bunch of mushrooms in the game um mm -hmm. and uh the for the most part the 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 monsters themselves are in spots that you think that they would exist mm -hmm. for the most and, part. And uh, I don't know if it's like this in the other games, but I felt that was also another thing that was really smart about how the environments worked in the game. Cause you know, each one was like its own distinct biome, you know, <laughs> we've got the forest, we've got the uh, more like a uh, mountainous desert region. We've got we've got the coral highlands where that's just like we wanted to make a water level, but we didn't want to put any water in it. But what was neat to me is that, you know, you could see the transitions from the one biome of one area to another. And so like you would see, you know, you had the wild spire waste and uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you had the ancient forest. And then you had the Wildspire Waste. Now, there is a section, though, in the Wildspire Waste, though, that is fairly forested. But it <laughs> starts to slowly get patchy and crappy and then turns into the actual waste. And to me, that makes, you know, a ton of sense that, you know, it's slowly, it's the forest transitioning to 
the desert and then you've got the coral wasteland which the further the lower you go on that you're starting to be like this is starting to look kind of gross and yucky and then you realize that's because it leads to the rotten bale which is underneath it which makes even more sense and then there's some areas in like the rotten bale where you get low enough and you're just like this is starting to look really rocky and uh, then you, you know, then you're like, oh, this is because this is transitioning to the elders' recess, and it's just, I loved those little touches like that that helped, you know, make this world seemingly blend into one another like, like a real world should. Yeah, I think the moniker for the name Monster Hunter World was appropriate mm-hmm. because you were in this world filled with these giant, fantastic monsters, and here you are, the hunter. Mm-hmm. I, I also think they Which, did it. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Right, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna, I was going to bring up my my reason. Um, uh, so um, you know, Tyler talked about loot, or at least briefly. Dave Dave talked about the monsters. Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, the various different classes and combat for mm-hmm. the heroes. Um, because admittedly, like the first time I played it, you know, it didn't really stick with me. I I had to try a couple different um characters, or well classes, right? Um, mm-hmm. before I I landed on my which I I absolutely love and think that uh you know that the my my chosen fighter is ridiculous because uh <laughs> I I have the insect glaive which is essentially a staff and I shoot out bugs, mm-hmm. um and then I use the bugs to capture essence from the monsters and uh, there's this added bit of strategy to where um, each uh, spot on the monster will give you a different type of essence so and there's like three different colors this sounds like super nerdy but it's pretty simple really what i'm looking what you're looking for is uh, is buffs right Uh, attack buff defense buff and um a speed buff Mm -hmm. Um, every day i'm buffering the character the character plays so much better um, when you have all three buffs. It's like you're an an, an anime character where you like fly <laughs> around and like you you whack the enemy and that keeps you actually flying for an extended period of time. It's nice. great. Um, the combat in uh, Monster Hunter World, um, and I'm assuming um, you know in the other Monster Hunter games is. is is great and part of the reason why so many people love the series mm-hmm. um because i mean even with all that you have to you have to earn it right mm-hmm. um like um dave you play what is it switch axe or the what's the, the... Yes. switch axe yes yeah so uh you you have your own like special combination that you can do mm-hmm. with the switch axe and, mm-hmm. and it's cool because it gives you like the superpower but you you can't just use it all the time. You have to. Oh no! Yeah, yep. You definitely you gotta because it's like you know I, I picked the switch axe because the idea I love the idea of having a weapon uh, you know that can switch between the two different modes and mm-hmm. uh, for some reason when I originally read the charge blade stuff I'm like I don't know how this works so I sw- changed the switch axe but you know it a lot of the big heavy hitting moves are the ones where you are right in the middle of like the hit that you can get while your weapon transitions from one into the other is where a lot of like the really high damage stuff is. And I've come to find out that, you know, the switch is more 
it's got like I, I guess a lower rate of swing, but you're actually your foot mobility is better. Whereas you know you can then switch it into the sword version, and then it's the opposite. <laughs> but then like you can't always use sword mode. You have to have you know like built up enough of a charge to switch the sword over. I, I don't know how the, the science behind that works in the video game. Sure, sure. I have to cover this with enough blood to grease the wheels of change. Man, I mean, that's how the wheel in Price is Right works. Oh. <laughs> 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 I will take your blood, Drew Carey. Uh, that's why Bob Barker's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I was going to say... um. That that system hints at or makes makes me think of Diablo three when I played the uh, Demon Hunter class because you have like the two like mana um, bar things and that um, one actually um, fills the other so you have to use a combination of your different skill set. It's a balancing you. act, basically. I, I, I liked the weapon systems though because it did allow basically you to cater to however you wanted to play. And, yeah. you know, that, but but oh, it was still it was still very much fair for the most part. They they've had oh, to yeah. balance, you know, certainly. But right, but it allows for anyone to kind of play for their kind of play style. I mean, we've literally got there's two options for machine guns. There is a bow and arrow option. There is you there's know two a, bow and arrows, right? Uh, I thought that was the well, the, the bow guns is what I was referring to. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Guns, yeah, it's guns. a gun. It's a gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can do you know your regular sword and shield. You can do two little dagger swords. You can do. There's a gun lance. St- right? You can do staff with bug. You know, lance and mm-hmm. shield. Or uh, heck, let's just go completely out of left field. Let us basically fight with a bagpipe. <laughs> That acts like a giant battle axe. Yeah, and and it looks like a giant uh, smoker's pipe. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, the hunting horn, and, and, and it's just like, oh, this is a weapon we know you didn't need, but however, <laughs> you want to get buffs to your team. One, yeah, whenever you get one in your party, like playing randomly online, you're just like, I am so glad you learned how to play that stupid thing because it helps everybody else. <laughs> Yeah. And um I mean I haven't even really talked about the the once you get your class, you have a number of different weapons. And with those weapons, you can make um different types of decisions because there's, you know, there's, you know, the obvious like strength of your weapon, there's the sharpness of the actual blade, mm-hmm. um which can help you greatly for like critical attacks and things like that. Um and then there's your actual like, you know, affinity, which is literally your percentage for doing crits. Mm-hmm. Um all that to say, and I've even mentioned like, you know, elemental attacks, right? And all the monsters oh. have like their own um, you know, like there's a book that you basically collect and you figure out, oh, okay, Monster X is weak against uh, fire mm-hmm. or whatever. And then there's the, um, you know, uh, what is it, ailments, right? Like mm-hmm. poison and yeah. paralysis. Paralysis, yeah. yeah. Oh, I also love how each of the armors have two different versions, one that have a predetermined skill and the other ones where they have the charm slots available, so you could really customize to how you want to play. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you got to get up to those higher levels, though, to get that stuff, though. That, that's true. <laughs> Incentive. Um, <laughs> but kind of talking about how you love the combat there, one of the things I love about the combat, and this is going to sound like a weird analogy, is okay. it reminds me of Punch-Out. Oh, okay. Okay. So with Punch-Out, it's all about learning the mannerisms of your opponent and timing your oh. attacks precisely right. Oh, so yes. <laughs> and looking for the tells. So with these monsters, you're looking for the tells. Okay, it, it did this here. I dodge now, and I'll have time to do this many attacks. If I try to go for any more, he's going to whack me with his tail, and I'm going to be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's not just about learning your own abilities it's about learning your opponents learning those monsters yeah. learn and it's so cool how they you know talking about how you love the monsters dave mm-hmm. their attack styles kind of reflect their personality mm-hmm. sure. yeah. and, and that's admittedly a lot of the challenge of the combat the first time you ever encounter a monster is one of the if, if not the hardest it's one of the hardest times you'll ever fight it because you have no idea what the heck it does mm-hmm. And that's like each time. It's like each time you learn what you know what it's about. You might have some idea if it's like a monster that's related to or like a subspecies of one of the ones you've already fought. But even then, they usually throw like something that comes completely out of left field, sure. like uh, right. the difference between uh, the puke puke and the coral puke puke. Oh yeah, completely different. Different weaknesses, they fight differently, yeah. Well, the coral one also added uh, the, basically the giant super-soaking fire. Which, which, I I was just thinking about this here. Is that its butt? And if so, does that mean it's attacking with diarrhea? (laughs) I have wondered the same thing about myself, (laughs) is what is Yoshi's eggs, actually? Because he only makes them after he eats something. So I posit that Yoshi is literally throwing his feces at people. Ah, okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Get on that, Nintendo. You know, respond to me about that. Does Yoshi actually throw his feces at his opponents? Because, I'm yes. Tall, I, I don't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm follow up question. Follow up question. Mm-hmm. What diet is Yoshi eating? Have hoops that are just that cylindrical it's gonna be super easy to do yeah i mean he's oh man or if they're like actually like eggs and he encases them in like you know an eggshell each time i mean it's like he like a rabid milk drinker or something or (laughs) yeah well not i mean not to mention just the the how fast that digestion is working my gosh almost instant man he's he's got the metabolism of like a, a a 20 teenagers yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a bit off topic there, but it, that's another just one of those clever things that was also clever about Monster Hunter is just things that you would not expect to be useful in the game are, such as poop. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That's dung yeah. is uh, one of the best things that you can pick up and, and have oh, in your inventory. Yes. Oh, it is so useful. Uh,. What's even worse, though, is they, like, added in, like, animations where you can basically just see some of the monsters just drop trow and leave, like, a big old thing behind them. But 
that's one of the best things though is because oftentimes there's more than one monster on the map and that's where uh they get the turf wars in because a lot of them don't necessarily like each other i mean there are some that it's just like it's kind of cool they're just because they're animals it's just like oh hey yeah you leave me alone i'll leave you alone it's fine but then there's others it's like it's like me and Doug, when we see like a centipede, like even those little house centipedes, it's just like I am actively hunting you and killing you. Where no matter yeah. where you go, you will die. <laughs> yeah, it's I think I want to say it's the Rathalos and Azure Rathalos. Is that what mm -hmm. it's called? Yeah. Man, oh my god, you can't you go on a hunt to try to 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 kill like that Azure Rathalos. The Rathalos is there all the time, and you just mm -hmm. constantly have to throw poop. Yeah, because uh, I, basically the idea is you're throwing poop of like predators to scare other monsters away. Is basically how it works. I was just thinking the Legius and uh, Shrieking Legius is another great example. Oh, they do not like each other at all. But they oh, are wait. always no, they love yeah, each other. They love each other. Yeah. I, I I was thinking we don't love it when they're together though because that that is a pain in the butt fight. And then there's oh, Devil yeah. Joe, who just doesn't like anybody. <laughs> yeah. That is this pickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if a pickle and a, a sea lamprey and a bicep were combined into one animal. Like a really meaty bicep. You know, so I was like, this reminds me of something, but I couldn't figure out what it was until recently. Yeah. The Super Mario Brothers movie. When Koopa is de-evolving into the dinosaur and then go into the ooze. But there's like a second yeah. where it's like the cylindrical ooze with teeth. Yep. That's the <laughs> devil Joe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we try and forget that movie. <laughs> I'm still going to say it's yeah. not the worst video game movie. Oh, uh, I actually recently watched the Monster Hunter movie, and I will say my enjoyment of it by knowing the game was heightened, but that still was a garbage movie. Uh, there were exactly like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five monsters in it. Okay. Now, so let's I see here, am... Diablos, Rathalos. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a black Diablos, actually. Okay, but black Diablos, yeah. Rathalos. Yes. Um... Oh. And then... One was the Apseros, you know, like the timid, like the big dinosaurs, you know, the herbivores. Oh. And then um, they had uh, the Nersilla, which was one that was, a, which is a giant insectoid one that was not in Monster Hunter World. And then they had uh, also another one, uh, Gormagala, which is an elder dragon from a previous game. Okay. And of course, he only shows up at the end for the cliffhanger for a sequel that I'm pretty sure is not coming. <laughs> no, I mean Cap Capcom just um didn't they just greenlight like a a reboot of the like Resident Evil movies? Oh, like, it's going already filmed. It's oh, it's already yeah. filmed. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty sure they're done with that guy. I can't remember the the director's name that they Paul worked on. Paul W. S. Anderson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, okay. Uh, Keeping his wife Mila Jovovich and uh, employed for how many years now? Jeez, uh, <laughs> I, I will have to give him credit though. He pulled all of the sound effects and the look and the design of the monster 
world uh, into, you know, be it, it, it looked like the game. It really did. And he did a good job sure. on that. But, I mean, but can, the plot, oh. Can we admit, I mean, right here, right now on this podcast, that that dumb video game trope of, oh, hey, let's make the real world meet the video game world needs yes. to die. Yes. It needs to die. It's a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. I think actually the only one that may have done it well, now I haven't seen this movie, but however many a student have uh, sung its praises as being possibly the best video game movie, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, actually. Okay. Because I haven't then, seen that yet. Because even then, it's just like, uh, it's also like, well, that also explains, you know, like, why there are humans in the Sonic universe and why Dr. Robotnik, because sure. Dr. Robotnik is from the real world, whereas Sonic, sure. and, and it's not like they say it's like a different dimension or something, well, maybe they do, or but it might be like a different planet, I don't know. Sure. Maybe they're, maybe they're using Sonic, Sonic might be a special case, though. Yep. But yeah, I, I was, wish they would do more like like Detective Pikachu. You are in yeah, I was, Pokemon I was, world. Yeah, uh, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu was um, a really good movie. That movie was much better than I thought it was going to be. That to be honest. Um, and how many Pokemon they actually had in that that movie? And how well they made them look. Yeah, mm-hmm. they looked great. And apparently they had to go through a ton of like uh, trial and error and Q and A with the uh, the Pokemon company to get those realistic, realistic, more like exaggerated realism. But like apparently, like the biggest conversation they had though was about like Mr. Mime. <laughs> and it's just like, can we put like little hairs on his head? And can that, we give that... his shoulders the texture of like a dodgeball? You know. <laughs> Yeah, that Mr. Mime bit in that movie was great. Mm-hmm. I loved that. So, Well, I forgot where it might have been a, a comedy thing, but they also showed that Jigglypuff's tuff of hair is not hair. I, I haven't... Oh, well, what is it? I haven't, I haven't seen it. it. It's, par- it's part of her body, so the only thing we can assume is it's her... Uh, tico Tico! Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, or I should say his Tico Tico. So, so she's doing uh, the uh, Teletubby thing and having genitalia on the top of her head. Got it. Okay. Sure. Yes, for you those know, of you um, who didn't know, here, side story, uh, the Teletubby craze caught my dad way off guard. And he had <laughs> no want or need to understand it. And by this time, my brother and I were, I was probably in my teens, and my brother was in his last ages of, like, and about to hit them. But, you know, being the collector I am, I I still love the toy aisle. I'm always in there. I am very happy that uh, my Transformers Beast Megatron showed up today from the new Kingdom line. So with all the advanced. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, I'm always reading this. So, you know, like when I didn't have a car, though, or before cell phones, uh, dad would, <laughs> again, BC, before cell phones, you know, things like that. He would have to, you know, come find me. And he the just knew the words. Okay. He's like, okay, he's either in electronics or he's in toys. And luckily, they're right next to each other. So he would just come in and he, like, caught the Teletubbies. 
And he's just like, what are these things? And I'm just like, oh, it's it's a little kid's show from uh, from the UK, Dad. And he's just like, why do they have genitalia on their head? Like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, one's got a circle. And one's got a line here. And, uh, and he literally, like, had uh, the two of them mate, you know, right there on in the toy aisle and just left them that way. And then he looks at the one and it's got like a twisted, like, like a curly cue. And he's just like, well, this one's already been screwed. Jeez. <laughs> oh man. So uh, based on, based on your dad's theory, does that mean that the baby son just watches? Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I saw a great meme about Teletubbies earlier today where they're like, you know what the Teletubbies are? They're just hobbits. They live in the Shire. They have the great eye of Sauron looking over them. Uh, oh man my dad my dad has taken his dad jokes to new levels but but he he has like his own brand of humor that he loves and that was one of them like well you do have a point there dad i mean this one no this one has the point uh, (laughs) yeah yeah They are, they are certainly creepy and and weird looking. I With I don't on their heads. Yeah. I, yep. I don't know. Weird <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Weird uh, stuff. Although I'm gonna go ahead and say, not the weirdest kids show. That honor goes to Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh. Oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, how are we doing Back. on time, gentlemen? Well, I know Chris needs to kind of call it here relatively soon because you know. Being able to do podcasts at night was his before times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Master Hugo awaits. <laughs> yes, yes. Correct. Come, wipe my bottom, Lord Father. <laughs> uh, uh, but is there anything guess, you guys want to end on? The, the one last thing I think I have to talk about before we sign off for uh, the evening... I was uh, I was working on a painting last night, uh, and I just had YouTube up here on the computer. I've just I'm here in my library uh, painting, and I find a YouTube video, and it, it was the history of Nick Arcade. Do you remember that show? I remember that- it with the terrible blue screen final battles, and yes, but that was the fascinating part, though, was because. You know, it showed the technology and just, you know, it was like all like laser disc technology. And they actually did that superimposing stuff live. And it was just, it was fascinating, you know, just the history behind that. So I wish I could remember the channel. I would give them a shout out. But, you know, just if you search that, the history of uh, Nickerkate. But apparently they made a Kickstarter to try and make like an adult version of it. It failed miserably, but I was just like, that would be the coolest thing. Uh, Isn't that just esports? Well, no, like, actually, like, you get put in the video game, you do the blue uh, screen, you know. But that was also cool, though. All the levels were blue screen, but they actually made, like, two-story tall, you know, levels, and some of them were even, like, about... I wanted to say they were like 30 feet wide at times for some of those overhead ones. And like the kids would have to then look at the TV and then look where they're going and then try and, you know, touch the area. 
So it was it was just really fascinating, and it was just I was also like, remember that show, or is it just me? Uh, I remember that. Yeah, and, and, I have no recollection of this. Oh. Uh, because I was always excited, like, oh, are they going to play Sonic? Are they going to play Sonic yeah. on the air? They never picked the video game you wanted to see, though. I mean, it's just no. like, oh, what's this? No, it's just like, oh, I want to play, uh, I want to play the Addams Family. What in the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you had Ghosts and Goblins over there. Yeah. Although that game is hard as balls. I mean, I can't I understand why. Eh, maybe I don't want to play that. I'm not going to get that high score. <laughs> Oh, good times. Good. Well, mm -hmm. I'll try to find you a link, Chris, and send it to you of Nick Arcade, because that was a show. That was a show. Okay. Okay. Uh, think like uh, if Legends of the Hidden Temple was about video games, it's pretty mm. much what it was. Yeah. Only yeah. instead of like the, the mid challenges there, it was uh, they literally had an arcade where they go and just play a game. Yeah, nice. And, and no physical challenges. This was a sit on your butt challenges. <laughs> uh, I mean, some of those arcade games are hard. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I also remember that game though because it got me into probably the most trouble I can recall as a remember off the top of my head as a little kid because my parents were very. Um, understanding and forgiving but there was one thing though that my father would never tolerate and that was misbehaving in church uh you know while other parents would let their kids you know run around if we were like having a luncheon or something after church you know we did not do that you know you know church is for you know socializing and conversing yes but not running around and you know basically running around and being a you know a brat. kid yeah, and uh, I had watched uh, Nick Arcade uh, earlier in the week, and the main villain was a cowboy-themed baby that he these two, like, bottle, like, you know, gun, like, water squirters. And so, mm -hmm. I was, so, like, in the game, every time, you know, oh, you encountered the, you know, the villain, and we just show, like, this gif of him going, like, you know, shooting. Oh. And so uh, apparently I started doing that and my parents were always members of the choir, but I was too little to sit by myself. So I always had to sit up in front of everybody in view of everybody else uh, in the choir. And you know, I, I, I guess I was bored. So I just started to start shooting members of the audience with my imaginary uh, bottle squirt gun. Uh, Dad was doing finger pleased. guns. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dad was not happy. That I'm day. sure he was livid. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, he could tolerate a lot, but just you know, misbehaving at church was his thing. And I just, oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you were like center stage, so like, yeah, yeah. And apparently, like people in the audience were like stifling laughs, like out there in the congregation. I'm sure they probably thought it was hilarious. Yeah, you know, just just not your father. Yeah, but it was one of the few times I think I can remember, though, like, my parents rarely, never, you know, spanked me, except for when, you know, it was something so severe, which was misbehaving. And even then, my father always gave me the option. He's like, you're asking me grounded for a week? 
Or I could give you the spanking. I will tell you, one will last a week, and if it's like no Nintendo, the other one will last momentarily, and the pain will dissipate. And I'm just like, uh, I want to get this crap over with. <laughs> like, not my Nintendo. <laughs> one will hurt more than the other. Exactly. <laughs> and that's no. always the case. That's always the case. And it... I'm, I'm telling you, this only ever happened like twice, okay, uh, in my life. That was, you know, it's not like my parents were pros banking. No, they were not. And even then, my dad's like, "I've given you the out here, buddy. I don't want to do this." And I'm just like, "I don't want to give up the Nintendo because I'm that addicted." This, however many years old I was. Sure. I mean, my my parents. Uh, I I I have a you know. I had a similar situation growing up too, mm -hmm. uh, but they 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 learned pretty quickly that I would make that choice, and so they stopped giving me the choice, and they just started grounding me from you know I, playing I video think games. My dad did that. Too. <laughs> you guys got off easy uh, with with my family. Uh, I, the one I remember better than anything else was me and my sister were fighting one day, and mm -hmm. so we weren't grounded. Nothing was taken away. We just had to sit at the table and write a one-page uh, essay on why we loved our sibling before we could do anything else. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Single-space uh, lined. Oh, uh, gee. College-ruled notebook paper. <laughs> yep. Wow. Oh. Uh, it's not as bad as, like, making you both wear the same giant T-shirt, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does sound like something your parents would do though. this does not surprise me Tyler. Yeah, it really does <laughs> not at all uh, oh we have all a right. visitor <laughs> yeah oh. Simon wants uh, his screen time I gotcha for those of oh. you just listening Simon is one of uh, Chris's cats <laughs> yeah he was right. sleeping behind my my laptop screen. So oh, I gotcha. I guess nice. he he yeah. just uh, decided to wake up. I can has warm. <laughs> yes, yes, you can has warm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they're uh, uh, with with the 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 newborn. All the cats are really um, kind of a attention starved. So mm. they're loving the fact that uh, I'm up here. I, I'm I'm not with the kiddo, right? Mm -hmm. So. You know, they feel like they can get attention. So. Oh, they're going to love him, though, when it comes time and he starts eating solid foods and it gets all over the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Suki's, uh, she's going to love him. That's going to be her best friend. Yeah. Uh, that, that cat eats everything <laughs> for the most part. I, it was so hilarious. I made, um one time, I made um uh, like a shrimp Alfredo with like a garlic bread. Mm-hmm. And um, like she was just begging hardcore, so I was like, "All right, well, let me let me give you some of the shrimp." Does not like shrimp. She didn't even try it, right? She just <laughs> sniffed it. I was like, "All right, well, what the hell do you want?" Mm -hmm. um, sure enough, she wanted the dang noodles. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like uh, I have a cat that likes yeah. carbs. She's eating bread. Um, she's eating noodles. I mean, yes, obviously she likes you know. Uh, chicken and fish, and she's a cat. Uh, I'm but... just surprised she didn't go for the shrimp then. She doesn't like she doesn't like seafood. Mm. Weird. Yeah, that is strange. Oh, okay. Well. Whatever. 
Well, guys, we probably need to end this so Chris can get what little sleep he can here. It's been a successful episode, actually. <laughs> I think so. I think very yeah, much so. I've enjoyed this. It's like yep. a, some some bit of normalcy. I'll take yep, it. Yep. <laughs> yep. It feels like the we'll before times. Yes, we'll get, we'll catch you again in another month. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, until then, safe, be kind. Bottoms up. <laughs>